Hi everyone, welcome to today's Safety and Health webcast, How Your Safety Degree Can Get You One Step Closer to Your CSP, sponsored by Columbia Southern University. My name is Joe Bush, I'm filling in for Kevin Drewley. I'm an associate editor with Safety and Health Magazine, and I will be moderating today's session. Thanks for joining us. In a few minutes, we'll start the presentation, but first I want to go over some preliminary items. The views of today's speaker and organization are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Safety Council or Safety and Health Magazine. Any mention of a commercial enterprise product or publication does not mean the council or magazine endorses those items. At the end of today's webcast, we will conduct a question and answer session. To ask a question, simply type it in the text box in the lower left-hand corner of your screen and click the button for Submit Question. Feel free to ask your question at any time during the presentation. You don't have to wait for the question and answer session to begin. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible, but because of the large number of participants today, we might not get to every question. Any unanswered questions will be forwarded along today's speaker. For basic troubleshooting information, click the Help button located on your screen. At the end of the webcast, you will be asked to complete a brief evaluation survey I will let you know more about that after the presentation. This webcast is archived, so you can access it after today's live event. To view this webcast and all of our past webcasts, go to safetyandhealthmagazine.com slash events. With that, let's go ahead and get started. And remember to stay for the Q&A session after the presentation. Our speaker today will be Dan Corcoran, Program Director, Environmental Safety and Health Programs at Columbia Southern University. Before working at CSU, Corcoran has served as an Assistant Area Director for an OSHA Enforcement Office. Over the years, he has also worked as an OSHA Compliance Officer, Corporate Safety Specialist, and Consultant, and has held academic positions at three universities. He has a Bachelor's Degree in Biology and a Master's in Public Administration Environmental Option from the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Corcoran earned his Doctorate in Business from Toro University International in California. He is a certified industrial hygienist. He was awarded the OSHA 7 Leader of the Year in 2007. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to this presentation. Dan, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Corcoran. I'm the Academic Program Director for Columbia Southern University's Occupational Safety and Health Program. And today, I'm going to be talking about some of the things CSU has been doing to bring you one step closer to the Certified Safety Professional designation. Basically, my plan for today is to talk to you a little bit about the BCSP and the CSP. Now, the BCSP is the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, and the CSP stands for Certified Safety Professional, which is a professional's designation that people can earn from the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. So I'm going to go into some detail about that, and, and hopefully you'll walk out with a better understanding of what that's about if you don't already have a familiarity with that. I'm also going to talk to you about qualified academic programs. Now, that is uh, basically a program that has been reviewed by the Board of Certified 
safety professionals and determined to be of adequate quality to uh, earn that designation, the Qualified Academic Program designation. And I'll go into uh, some detail about that. And uh, I'm also going to talk about CSU's program efforts, some of the recent updates we've made to our programs to, uh, to, in order to be able to submit the programs to be reviewed by the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. And uh, we have, in the past several months, earned uh, the Qualified Academic Program designation as a result of those efforts. Finally, I'm going to talk a little bit about CSU's Bachelor of Science in Occupational Safety and Health Program and how it can benefit you. Okay, so let's start off talking about the BCSP and the CSP. Now, the BCSP stands for the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, and the Board of Certified Safety Professionals is an accredited professional certification granting organization that essentially awards a number of certifications, okay? It's a nonprofit organization, and it awards the certifications that are listed here on the slide. I'm going to be focusing primarily on three of the certifications, and that's the first three on the list. The first one is the ASP. That stands for the, the Associate Safety Professional, okay? And generally, the goal here in looking at these first three designations is to earn the CSP. That's kind of like the, uh, the main certification that safety and health professionals want to earn. And... In order to earn that, first you have to earn the ASP, and that typically involves uh, having to sit for an exam after meeting a minimal educational requirement. I'll talk a little bit about that educational requirement here in a bit. But uh, So there's a sequence. You, you have to sit for the ASP exam, and then after... You've passed that exam and have worked in the field for a while, then you, then you uh, sit for the CSP exam. That's generally the way it works. Now, the GSP designation is a way to kind of, kind of uh, work around the ASP and the CSP so you don't have to take both exams. And I'm going to talk about that in a future slide. But anyway, these three are related. And the end goal of, of all of this is to earn the CSP designation. The CSP is the Certified Safety Professional designation. And the CSP designation has an educational requirement and an experience requirement and a testing requirement. The educational requirement, uh, the minimum education that one needs to have in order to be able to sit for the CSP exam or to earn that credential is an associate's degree in a field um, that, well, in the field of safety and health, okay, or a very closely aligned field. So that's the minimum. It's the minimum educational requirement. But uh, alternative to that, one can have a bachelor's degree in occupation, or I'm sorry, a bachelor's degree in, in any field, so long as they have the other, or they meet the other criteria. Now, the experience requirement is generally four years. They need to be working as safety professionals for four years in order to be able to sit for the CSP exam, okay? And 
Finally, the testing requirement. Now, I, I already talked a little bit about this. Uh, the testing requirement, generally a person has to sit for the ASP exam first, and then they need to meet that four-year experience requirement. And then they set for the, sit for the CSP exam, okay? Now, that's typically the way it works. There's some exceptions to that. You know, for instance, if you have another professional certification, you could jump over the ASP exam. For instance, if you're a certified industrial hygienist, you can jump over the ASP exam and just sit for the CSP exam. That's basically what I did, okay? I did it about 15 years ago, but that's the route I took. And there are several certifications that allow you to do that. But uh, there is also the GSP. The GSP stands for the Graduate Safety Practitioner. Um, that's, the, that's what the GSP the letters stand for. And if a person graduates from a program that allows them to earn that particular designation, designation just by virtue of going through that program and graduating from that program, then that allows them to skip that ASP examination as well. So I'll talk a little bit about that in a little more detail here on an upcoming slide. Now let's talk a little bit about how the CSP relates to the QAP. And again, the QAP stands for Qualified Academic Program. And that is the designation that CSU has recently earned from the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, um, again, the QAP. And we'll cover that in a little more in depth here as, as we walk through this, and, and you'll get a better appreciation for what that's all about. Now, the Board of Certified Safety Professionals has this, what they call qualified academic programs, and it generally requires an evaluation of safety and health programs to determine if they meet minimum quality standards, okay? Now, they used to use ABET accreditation. If, if, a, if a university program had ABET accreditation, and ABET stands for the Accrediting Board of Engineering and Technology. If they had an ABET accreditation specific to their safety program, then those programs would automatically be considered a qualified academic program. Now, there are some organizations like ABET that also accredited program accredit programs, and the BCSP is okay with those two. But I, you know, there's we're just keep, that would going into that would just require getting into too much detail. But uh, um, anyway, you know, that, basically the ABET accreditation was the one that most universities, you know, would shoot after in order for their programs to be considered for the qualified academic program designation. Now. Just recently, the BCSP started doing their own evaluation. So they decided, okay, you know, we really don't need to rely on ABET accreditation in order to determine whether university programs had program or whether universities had programs that would meet our quality standards. We're going to start doing our own evaluations, and, and that's what they started doing last year. And what they use for the criteria is what they call their ASP-9 document, and basically that's a study 
document. It's a study document for the ASP exam, okay? They use that as an evaluation guide. So what universities have to do is they send their entire curriculum, okay, to, they don't, you know, have to send textbooks too. They send, you know, basically the documents uh, making up the, the curriculum to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, and, the, and then the BCSP reviews those programs to determine if they meet the minimum quality standards and that they align with this ASP 9 document. So that's how the process essentially works. Now this particular slide compares the program that uh, existed at CSU before we submitted our program to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals as compared to the program that we submitted for consideration uh, to become a qualified academic program. And you know, in looking at this, you can see that the two curriculums are pretty close. They're, they align pretty well up until you get to the very end. If you look over on the left side, you get to the very end. Things start changing up when you get down to FIR 3303, okay? Um, that particular course was Introduction to Fire Prevention, and it focused primarily on fire prevention. But the ASP 9 document that I mentioned in the previous slide, it, uh, you know, didn't there were aspects to that document that also required some consideration for fire protection issues as well. Now, we already had a course, FIR 4311, which dealt with both. And so we essentially replaced FIR 3303 with FIR 4311 just to bring in that more uh, fire protection-related items into that particular course. We also added a couple of courses. One thing we didn't have in the previous curriculum was an environmental requirement. And safety and health practitioners, as you probably know if you work in the field, have to deal with environmental issues quite a bit. And it's also an um, issue that is included in that ISP-9 document. And we, you know, we touch on environmental here and there. There's a little environmental in, in uh, industrial hygiene course and, you know, some of the others. But uh, we never really focused on that in any of our coursework. So we pulled in an environmental course. And then finally, that you see uh, over on the right, the OSH 4308, that's an advanced concepts in environmental safety and health course. We've had that for a while, and it's a fairly quantitative course, um, but it's just been an elective, and, and we decided to add that because it addressed some issues that we didn't have elsewhere that we thought would be uh, a good addition to the program and aligned well with the ASP document. Uh, if you, again, if you look at the left side there, you see there used to be two required electives and the student could choose between, I think it was five or six courses. Uh, but now with the new curriculum, there really is no choice for those professional electives. There's still a lot of electives that are you know, just in the general program that, that students uh, can choose to elect. But but, uh, you know, this particular professional elective, you know, choose two from group B thing, that kind of went away in order to make room 
for these other courses. Okay, so we made those changes in our overall program, um, and all of those changes came into effect on April 12th of 2017. And again, this is the program we submitted as, or to be considered as a qualified academic program by the Board of, Safe, by the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. Um, one thing I didn't show in the previous slide is that there are also some prerequisites that were identified specifically for the program. There is a prerequisite in physics. It's actually a physical science course that does a good job of, of covering some of the physics items that, that uh, need to be covered to prepare students for some of the more advanced classes. There's a chemistry course, a biology course, and an algebra requirement as well. So in the past, uh, we did have the algebra requirement in the past, in the past and we also required uh, science courses, but the student was allowed to choose science courses in the past, and, and we thought that it would be best if they had these specific science courses because they're focused more on issues or, or items that uh, students would have to deal with in the safety profession, so that's why these were selected. And, and they also aligned better with uh, uh, Board of Certified Safety and Health, or, or the Board, Board of uh, Certified Safety Professionals QAP criteria, so that's why uh, we we chose these particular prerequisites. Okay, and you know, in, in doing all of this, you know, at the time we didn't know for a fact that we were necessarily going to earn the QAP designation. You know, that's a decision that has to be made by the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. But regardless, this was an opportunity to improve our programs. We're always trying to, you know, to improve, to do better. And, uh, you know, this was certainly an opportunity for, the, for us to do that. So we cho chose to move forward you know, regardless of the outcome. So what are some of the benefits of CSU's Qualified Academic Program? Well, you know, for one thing, I mean, the Qualified Academic Program designation is, is certainly a benefit for CSU because, you know, it, uh, it is a sought-after designation, and it's a designation granted by a very reputable organization in the field of occupational safety and health. And we are very, very proud to have earned that particular designation. So it, it certainly looks good for CSU. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. It also confers advantages to our students as well. One of the advantages is that it allows students to be able to avoid the ASP exam and the ASPCSP exam sequence. And I've already kind of alluded to that earlier, but uh, you know that's an important that's an important uh, benefit right there it's because you know a person doesn't have to study for two exams. It takes a lot of time and effort to study for an exam, a professional certification exam. They tend to be very comprehensive examinations that require um, an understanding of a lot of different materials. 
And, you know, having to do that twice is, uh, you know, not having to do that twice, I should say, is is certainly a plus, uh, unless you like to spend your time studying lots of materials for months at a time. I guess if, you know, I mean, if you like to do that, you know, then, then you know, you might miss out um, <laughs> going through our program. But uh, anyway, that is definitely, you know, at least what I would consider uh, a very substantial benefit for students. Also, you know, students can use the graduate safety practitioner designation after their names, the GSP designation after their names. And I think that this is, you know, huge for students. You know, they, they basically, you, know, you can put that after your name on your business card and, uh, you know, people would look at that and say, okay, this person has gone through a program that has been evaluated by a reputable third-party organization and determined to be of high enough quality to go or to, to, to earn that designation. So, you know, that, uh, you know, that says something about you. It says something about the program you've gone through. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing. Another thing as well is that, uh, you know, because CSU's programs are well-suited for working adults, it sets students up in a situation to where they can sit for their CSP exam shortly after graduation. I mean, at least that's often the case. And let me talk about that in, in a little more detail here so it, it makes some more sense. Basically, our, our programs are suited for working adults. About 90% of our students, at least in the occupational safety and health programs, are people who already work in the field of occupational safety and health. Our programs are also very affordable. Okay, our tuition rate is is quite low compared to competitors, and we also provide the textbook free of charge. Um, and you know, it just makes us very accessible to the working adult. Okay, so people who go through our programs, you know, the benefit from this is people, you know, can afford to go through our programs, but once they get through our programs, because a lot of them already work in the field, they are often in a situation where being able to sit for the CSP exam isn't too far into the future. They have their experience requirement because they've been working in the field. They have their education requirement because they just completed their Bachelor of Science degree in Occupational Safety and Health. Um, they get the hurdle over the ASP because they've earned their GSP designation, and now they're ready to sit for the CSP. So, you know, I mean, this is a very realistic scenario, I think, for a lot of our students, and certainly worth mentioning here. Now, when you put all this together, this also provides individuals an opportunity to advance in their career. Generally, people with CSPs hold higher levels within the organization with respect to the safety and health organizational structure within, within a given company or governmental agency or um, uh, place of business, I guess. And... You know, having that CSP designation kind of makes it so that, uh, you know, it gives individuals an edge over the competition when it comes to applying for those higher-level positions. 
with you know, related to this is the, the salary of CSPs. Right now, the median salary for CSPs is, is above $100,000 a year. It's about $109,000 a year, according to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. And that's generally because people with CSPs tend to be able to bid for these higher-level organizational positions, you know, in the occupational safety and health structure. So a person can essentially make six figures. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a CSP to, you know, step up the ladder, but uh, having the CSP certainly helps. So uh, that's one good thing about, uh, you know, getting the CSP sooner rather than later, which I think CSU helps to facilitate. And that is being able to move forward in one's career and uh, just do better overall. So that's pretty much the information that I wanted to share with you today. Uh, just to recap, I discussed the BCSP and the CSP and went into a little bit of detail about the what those acronyms mean and, and why the CSP is important. And I talked a little bit about the QAP, the Qualified Academic Programs, and what CSU has been doing with respect to improving our programs in order to earn the QAP designation from the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. I've also talked about CSU's Bachelor of Science program and, and how it can benefit you as a prospective student. I do want to provide a quick cautionary note, however, and um, that is that it's important, I think, for people to do their research when it comes to putting forth efforts to obtain a given certification. Okay, you, you want to know that the certification is going to be well worth your effort and that the certifying body is recognized as a legitimate certifying organization by the safety and health community. And that's all I'm really going to say about that. Just, you know, when you're considering a certification, do your homework, ask some questions, and make sure it's well worth your while to pursue um, that certification. So um, with that said, thanks for taking the time to listen to what I have to say, and uh, have a good one. Excellent. Great job, Dan. Thanks for your insight and expertise. Before we start the Q&A, I want to remind everyone of the evaluation survey we're asking you to complete. The survey should be appearing on your screen. Your input is important because it will help us improve future webcasts. If you do not see the evaluation survey on your screen, please turn off your pop-up blocker. You may also access the survey by clicking the survey button near the lower right part of your screen. Now, let's get to some questions. Okay. Um... I kind of I, I wanted to just start out the question and answer section um, with just a, a quick note, and that is that the Board of Certified Safety Professionals are making some changes with respect to the minimum academic requirement um, or the minimum degree requirement, depending on how you want to say it. And in um, July of 2018, they are going to start requiring the CSP applicant to hold a bachelor's degree. 
And, um, you know, I just wanted to make that clear. You know, as it stands now, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you could have an associate's degree, but as of a couple months from now, um, it's going to be a bachelor's degree. So I just wanted to make that clear. And uh, they have some provisions for people who are already CSPs um, who only have an associate's degree. They can either finish their bachelor's degree or take some courses that are offered by the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. So I just wanted to throw that out there just to make that clarification. I didn't make it earlier. I thought this might be a good place to make it before I start answering questions. So, um, all right, I'm going to start answering questions here. Uh, what, what is all required to obtain a GSP? Um, you know, you go through a university program that has a qualified academic program. You need to go through that qualified academic program. You graduate and apply to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. That's basically what you need to do. You already have an experience in the field. You still need to take the basic classes of chemistry, biology, physics, etc. cetera. Um, no, you, if you already have a degree and experience in the field, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to do that, but you, you're not going to earn that GSP designation if you uh, haven't gone through a program that is a qualified academic program. So, I mean, that's kind of the bottom line here. That's the main topic, the main focus of this presentation is the GSP. Um, you're not going to be able to get your GSP, but you can still sit for the, uh, the ASP and the CSP um, testing sequence to earn your, you know, your CSP um, if you have the experience requirement. Okay. Um, okay, here's a question. If, if we are currently um, in the BS OSH program at CSU, were our degree program or our degree plans changed over to reflect the new program with the GSP certification? And do we need to speak to our advisor about changing? Now the changes took place in April, and um, there was some there was some correspondence that went out to students indicating that that we were making that change. Um, you know, if you're curious about this, and if you were late in the program around April, then uh, you might want to talk to your advisor about whether you are on the GSP track or not, because you need to be on the GSP track in order to be, in order to earn that designation. If you're not on the GSP track, then, um, you know, you, you will be unable to earn that designation. Basically, CSU sends a letter that you then forward to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals when you um, apply for, the, for your GSP. How long does it take to receive the GSP? Um, you know, I really don't, but once you have your bachelor's degree from a qualified academic program and you apply to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, uh, it, uh, you know, I, my experience in working with the BCSP is that they're always very prompt and uh, address issues fairly quickly. So it's not like you're going to have to wait eons. Um, but, you know, and that, that, that is really their responsibility, though. And, you know, I can't, I can't really speak for them. All I can really say is that the, the BCSP has always um, uh, been very helpful for me and turned things around pretty quickly. 
as far as the cost for the ASP and CSP certification, I haven't checked for a while. Um, I would recommend going to www.bcsp.org and looking into their certification information, and uh, it should tell you about costs and the process and, and all that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah. Um, yeah, you can do that. You can go to the BCSP's website and see which which universities have a qualified academic program. I'm reading one that asked that to see if uh, professional aeronautics is a qualified program. Um, you know, it would have to be a university that had a specific program that was submitted to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals for evaluation. So that's how it works. So it's not necessarily, you know, the name of your degree. Um, it's the actual institution, and did they submit that program to the Board of Certified Safety Professionals? So, you know, that's, that's the way the process works. Um, so, you know, you can check with your school, or you can look on BCSP's website uh, to see which schools actually have been uh, provided or earned the designation, um, the, the QAP designation. Um, at this point, there, uh, there's a question. If you already have a BS uh, in OSH from CSU, um, you know, are there any additional courses that you can take to get that GSP designation? And you know, we went back and forth with a BCSP on this, and you know, what's the best, you know, best way to handle this and that kind of thing. And, and right now, uh, we really don't have a system for going back and taking courses. Um, and actually, uh, if you already have your degree and experience it would probably be easier for you just to go the ASPCSP route anyway, um, you know, to take a, a CSP study course and, and uh, you know, you can, you can sit for the exams, you know, pretty close to each other. You know, basically you just need to know that you passed the ASP before you can schedule the CSP exam. So, um, you know, it would probably behoove you with regards to finances and time, just to go the ASP CSP study route or ASP CSP route um, anyway. So uh, rather than have to sit through a number of courses and pay tuition and, and, and all that kind of thing. But that, that's the only advice I can give on that issue. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> How much does your program costs. I'd have to go in and and uh, and recalculate in order to to give you specifics on that. But I would um, I would uh, uh, urge you to go to ColumbiaSouthern.edu and um, the, the tuition the current tuition costs are uh, listed. And um, you know it's uh, I, I think we had a slight increase. Usually when we increase, it's just a few dollars per credit hour. It's not like you know you see it some institutions, um, but uh, we, we are one of the most competitive um, in the market uh, regardless. So I just urge you to go take a look and see what the, what the current tuition rates are, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Looking through some more here. Um, 
there was a question about the, was this presentation meant for those who don't have environmental health and safety degrees and now it was really focused on on this one degree program and educate people a little bit on what uh, what qualified ac academic programs are and, and uh, you know how they can be beneficial to you Will Columbia Southern University award credit for full-time safety and health experience? And uh, the answer to that is no. Um, you know, we go according to um, according to certain guidelines set by national organizations with respect to awarding credit. And generally, when we do, you know, some kind of uh, credit type of thing, we can do some things with training, with occupational safety and health training. Uh, you know, depending on the organization, and we have a uh, you know a staff of evaluators who who uh, you know are very well trained with respect to knowing what we can and cannot give credit for, but we can't do it for life experience. Okay, here's a question. If you, uh, what if you want to get safety at the master's level? You already have a BS in another relevant discipline. Uh, are you able to still apply for the GSP designation? And uh, again, you know, we have to go back to the issue that it, or to the to the situation of the actual program itself. The program itself has to have been awarded the designation. So. Um, that, that's how it works. So if you went through a program that was closely related to safety and it had a QAP designation, then yes, you could apply to the Board of Certified Safety professional, Professionals for that GSP designation, but otherwise, um, you know, you could not. Okay. Okay, this, here's a thing. Here's a question about uh, a person who is uh, OSHA certified in construction. I'm guessing they've taken the, the um, OSHA Training Institute courses. They've been in safety for 25 years, uh, including marine and shipping industry. Do I need to obtain a degree before taking the next step? Now, if you if what you would like to see happen would be to earn uh, a CSP designation at some point in the future, then the answer to that is yes. You would need to get a bachelor's degree. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, 2013. Okay, here's a question about um, they graduated from C CSU in 2013 and got a BS in Occupational Safety and Health. Um, can I bypass the ASP? And the answer is uh, no. No, you can't. It, you have to have graduated from our program as of April 12, 2017 in order to be able to earn that GSP designation through application. Accreditation. If someone wants to pursue an MS and well, other higher educations, universities, 
accept this degree for a PhD. Um, about a, okay, I think what this is asking is if a person wants to pursue an MS in occupational safety and health, will other higher education universities accept this degree for a PhD? And, and the answer to that question is sometimes yes and sometimes no. It's up to the institution. Um, we have a lot of reputable institutions who have accepted our students over the years um, and uh, at, the, at both the master's and PhD level um, out of our safety programs. Uh, but there are some institutions who have, you know, who are very specific about, um, you know, who, who they are or, or about, uh, you know, the educational background of people who are coming into their program. So I would say, you know, you need, if you have a plan to go to a certain university and earn a PhD um, or a master's, you want to check with them and, uh, you know, make sure that the, that the, the CSU's degree or really any other university's degree will transfer into their program or be accepted by that institution. Or credit for these certifications. Here's a question about us awarding credit for certifications. And um, the answer to this question at this time is no. Um, we've heard that some universities have figured out a way to do this, but uh, we currently don't give credit for certifications per se. Now, some of the training that, you know, back up these certifications might earn, you know, for instance, if you took a, you know, prep course or something like that, you might be able to earn a credit hour or two, a general credit hour or two from that, but uh, um, not just a certification in itself because we really can't establish, um, you know, face-to-face -face time with a, you know, instructor or, you know, that kind of thing. So um, at the present time, no. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things about I graduated from CSU you know, before April 2017, so, you know, man, um, can I get my GSP? And, and the answer there is no again. Um, there's a question about how our program is presented. Is it by a DVD or a distance learning? And it's uh, it's via um, distance learning using the internet. We work, we use the black Blackboard platform and send a text to the students and you know that kind of thing. So um, that's how it works. You need to have internet access in order to uh, to attend our programs. Um, someone asked about does does the ASP stand alone as a designation? If so, I see a lot of jobs requesting CSP versus ASP. And uh, yes, the ASP does stand alone now. You can just get your ASP and just just go with it. It doesn't expire. Um, it's a fairly recent change. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I think that that's just the, the industry standard. You know, all these years they've, you know, people uh, we want a CSP. You know, and um, you know maybe at some point in time the ASP option will catch on. Um, uh, it's hard to say. How long after graduating from CSU with the GSP credential can a graduate sit for the CSP program? Um, or can they sit, I guess, for the exams, for the CSP exams, what this person meant. And I, as, as soon as you get your experiential requirement, your experience requirement, and, uh, you know, you are approved to sit for the exam by the board certified safety professionals, that's when you can sit for your exam. So, um, you know, there's, there's really no waiting period per se, so long as you have that experience requirement, you know, outside of, you know, the, just the logistics of, you know, getting everything done um, in order to sit for the exam. Okay. Wow, there's a lot of questions. I'm trying to, what I'm doing is I'm kind of going through these and trying to find uh, questions that I haven't answered in one way or the other. A lot of them are just asking, you know, I have a previous degree that was before April, you know, can I still get the, you know, I still eligible for the GSP? And again, you know, I mean, the answer there is no. Um, where is this program offered? Uh, take a look at uh, ColumbiaSouthern.edu on the internet, www.ColumbiaSouthern.edu. And uh, go down and look at the College of Safety and Emergency Services and, uh, you know, just follow the links to Occupational Safety and Health, and uh, that will provide you with some more information. Okay. There's a question about uh, OSHA 30-hour courses and safety train and safety train supervisor training. Can I use those towards CSU credits? CSU credits, and it's possibly. Um, there's an organization called ACE uh, that uh, we use for evaluating training credentials and translating those into um, into academic credit. And you know, that's a system that's used nationwide, and that's what we use to, to make those calls. So um, that, that's certainly something that we could look at. What you would want to do would be to submit your information to an evaluator and see at CSU, you know, basically go through the admissions process, submit that, and it doesn't cost anything to do that, and have them evaluate your transcripts, your training transcripts, and see what, see what we can do for you. So. Um, you know, sometimes, most of the time, people are like, all right, I got a few credits here and there, you know, but, you know, I mean, it's it's not really a way to um, to get through a degree, you know. I mean, um, we can accept a lot of different uh, um, non-college credits, you know, and make that transfer, but, it, but it's a process. It's kind of a process that's done on a national level at universities throughout the country, and uh, um, we do what we can to help students out. 
there's a question about if you uh, if you took a program that was on that, that's on the list of qualified academic programs, um, but you took it before the dates listed on the website, you qualify uh, for the GSP essentially, or to just set for the CSP exam. And the answer there is no. Um, the organization's program, um, you know, once it's designated as a QAP, that's kind of like the, the starting line, um, you know, for sitting for or for, for getting that GSP designation. So uh, at least that's the way it worked for us. Here's a person who says they're going to graduate with a BS in Occupational Safety and Health from CSU soon. Would I encourage that person sitting for the ASP? And uh, you know that, that's kind of a personal decision. Um, I mean, if you took, if you went through the Qualified Academic Program um, version of our program, then you know you could sidestep the ASP. A person could still take the ASP, I imagine. Um, but, uh, you know, I, that's just kind of a personal decision. Um, so, you know, I'd encourage you to look into seeing, you know, if the program you went through uh, allows you to apply to the BCSP for the QA or for the GSP designation. Um, so, yeah. Master's program. Someone asked about does the GSP work with our master's program offered at CSU? And uh, the answer to that question right now is no, not yet. Um, we are currently working on making some revisions to our program to make sure that we meet as many of the uh, criteria that was indicated on that ASP9 document that I mentioned earlier. Uh, we're, we're looking, we're making some changes to some of our courses just through our normal course development process. Every, you know, so often we rewrite courses to keep things up to date. And, uh, you know, it's possible that we'll be submitting our program for QAP review by the end of the year. Uh, that's a possibility. Um, you know, no promises at this point in time, you know, uh, but that's just kind of the direction we're heading right now and how we're revising our courses. We're revising our courses with that submission in mind. Um, so... Uh, it's possible that uh, that could happen in the future, but then the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, you know, they have to evaluate it and decide. Yeah, you know, this is this this program, you know, is uh, is of high enough quality to earn this designation. You know, so you know, it's not up to us; it's up to another organization, and we have no control over that. Uh, but I can, you know, but I can tell you that. We are making efforts to go in that direction, and we're optimistic that uh, you know that may happen in the not too distant future. 
Okay. Courses transfer from other universities, and I assume that uh, I assume that that is in reference to you know, do we transfer courses into our program for other universities? And yeah, of course we do. You know, we evaluate. Uh, you know, we have evaluators who evaluate things. Like I said, you know, based on national standards and that kind of thing. And and of course we uh, consider. Um, courses taken at other universities. We have a lot of people who transfer in with associate's degrees from community colleges and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah. We ex accept Australian University post-grad certification. Um, you know, we have, to, we have to, there's an evaluation process for that. And, you know, our, we have a system set up for, for, for doing that evaluation, uh, you know, for, you know, other countries evaluating uh, transcripts from other countries. So, um, so yeah, there is a process for doing that. You know, I mean, do we accept it across the board? I can't answer that. I don't work in the registrar's office, but um, you know, we do have a process for considering uh, university transcripts from other countries. Let's have one more question, Dan. Okay, let me see here. Um, here's a question. Would CSU consider submitting prior year's programs to see if uh, BCSP would accept them? And, you know, I, I don't think that that is something that we could probably do. That would be just... Um, that would be enormous burden, and I don't know if there's a, a system set up even to do that. Um, that's not something we've talked about before. That's something maybe I can bounce off leadership and see what their thoughts are. Uh, but the thing is, is that you know we're rewriting courses all the time, you know, um, all the time to keep them current, and it is uh, it would be difficult to track that and you know, to, to take snapshots of where we were at any given time in the past. So, you know, I, I, I don't foresee that happening. I don't foresee that happening. Will it never happen? I don't know. But I, I just don't foresee that happening. Thank you, Dan. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. I'm sorry we didn't get to everyone's questions, but all of today's unanswered questions will be forwarded to the speaker. Once again, I hope you take the time to fill out the evaluation survey on your screen to give us your feedback. That ends today's safety and health webcast. I'd like to thank Dan Corcoran, everyone at Columbia Southern University, and all of you who listened in. Thanks, and have a great day.